Good to be at the Braves game. Been a couple years. They've got a World Series ring now. It's a lot more popular than it was back when I was in Atlanta. That's for sure. Oh, shoot. That, that's ludicrous over there. Oh, man. He's talking to somebody. I should go say, hey, I saw him at the other game I was at. So I got to, you know, he's a lifelong favorite of mine. Go up and talk to him. And, oh, my God. He's talking to he's talking to Hyde from In the Loop. Oh, my gosh. I wonder what they're talking about. So, I know you're from Atlanta, but up north, there's this place, magical place on the water called Put-In Bay. It's, but it's by this theme park, though, called Cedar Point. And uh, do, do you know what books are? You still read those? Luda. Luda loves books. Oh, well, I mean, the good thing is uh, I, I could probably get you a signed copy because I know the guy who wrote the book, me. Hey, Hyde, hey, hey, I know you're talking about your book to Ludacris. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mr. Luda. Uh, but hey, man, you got time for 69 questions? Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Always, always, always for you. Who is Hyde? Uh, we're going starting deep, huh, man? Like, meaning of life right here. Uh, I am a 35 year old living in Atlanta, born and raised in Michigan, college in Ohio, lived in Florida for a while. And uh, I love theme parks. I mean, I guess that's that's why we're here, right? What are you known for most in the community? I'd say that's kind of like, uh, I like to think of myself as a little bit of Dave Grohl of the theme parks. I've transitioned, you know, I was early on, uh, I was known for my Cedar Point fan website and my book. Uh, and that's people knew me as a Cedar Point guy. Um, and then kind of transitioned over time, kind of built up a following on Twitter. And now uh, part of In The Loop, no one really knows me as a Cedar Point fan person anymore except people who make fun of me for that how'd you get into roller coasters i just always liked them growing up by cedar point it's uh it's hard not to like them uh we go there all the time growing up as a kid my family uh go there you know well before i was even born so cedar point was just in our blood and loved that place and we always got curious you know this was pre-internet so it was starting to google or not google go to the library and find read about books on other theme parks and it kind of just grew from there how did you become a part of in the loop it's slow burn, you know, uh, I've, what's the phrase they use when uh, you, you try to, uh, you know, courtship, long courtship, I guess. Um, but, but very slow burn on it. Uh, I've known Clint on and off for a, a long, long time. We went back. Uh, I mean, I've known him since the early 2000s. We'd be going to media days. I'd be covering it for my Cedar Point fan site. And he had, you know, whatever in the loop was called, like roller coaster World News Worldwide or something back then. Um, and just kind of got to know him and then got to know various other people on the, uh, as part of it, you know, there's been like 50 people probably part of in the loop over time. So got to know a couple different people and then just, you know, kind of made friends with them. And, um, I started traveling a little bit internationally and started offering up doing some videos. And I guess they thought they were halfway decent. Now, if you go back and look that my Japan videos are like hot garbage, I filmed them on a digital camera not a video camera like a digital camera like point and click so it's like 420 res uh but i guess it was good enough for them to kind of like like me they're like hey man you travel a lot you want to like stay around and they're just all good guys so uh it's kind of just slow burn over time helping them out so excellent what is your favorite in the loop video oh probably last year two years ago now uh when legend and molly went to the uh safari park at alabama and they couldn't get their car to move because animals kept coming in the car. And Legend's just like, oh, oh, and Molly's, oh, and like there's, you know, the, 
the animals are like drooling all over their car. Like I was, I never cry with the in the loop video, but I was in tears of that. Like it was, it's just absolutely hilarious. Pretty sure Molly was like actually scared. I think so. I would be too. Like those are real animals. And then she's like, he's like, he would be like, move the car, get away. And she's like, there's an animal in front of the car. I can't move it. What's your favorite episode of the In The Loop podcast? Ah, long time ago, the podcast used to be on a platform called Blog Talk Radio. Um, kind of, I guess it would be like, I think it was, it was pre-Spotify, pre-Apple podcast, pre-YouTube, I think. It's basically this place where like, right now we're on Zoom talking. This was like a way for podcasts to go like do a live podcast and allow people to call in. You know, this was like 2005, 10 or something. And it would always display other podcasts that were live at the same time each week. I remember they figured out that there was another podcast called the Enlightened Strippers podcast. And I, I think, I, I can't remember if they actually got them on, but I'm pretty sure they one did. episode what episode was they actually did dial in. There was this crossover Enlightened Stripper in the Loop theme park podcast <laughs> episode. Uh, and I just remember thinking, I was like walking around this year, I was like, there's no way these strippers are going to answer the phone. And they did, and, uh, and they talked theme parks. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, that was a deep dig, and I respect it, and I remember <laughs> it completely. I remember sitting in my college dorm room listening to that. The fact that you remember it makes it even better, too. <laughs> what are some hobbies you have outside of amusement parks? Uh, baseball. Uh, obviously, you, you caught me here at the baseball game. Uh, but also uh, music, huge, huge music guy. Uh, but, yeah, the baseball and music kind of my big things. You know, uh, bro, uh, Uda's going to get jealous if we he's not getting interviewed. We're in Atlanta. This is like his his home turf. Like, he's, he's used to the attention. We should probably get to our seats. That's a good point. I never want to disgruntle Luda. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get to our seats, man. We can, we can catch up with Ludacris later. Yeah. Who is your team in baseball? I wish this was a video podcast. Show my Atlanta uh, Braves <laughs> World Championship ring I got on right now. Uh, Atlanta Bad. Braves uh, re represent, uh, though uh, growing up, I've only been here a year, only two years, year and a half, something like that. So I can't fully say they're my team. Detroit Tigers are my, my team at heart, uh, but I've grown to be a big Atlanta Braves fan. Uh, don't ever want to think about the day if the Braves and the Tigers are in the World Series. That'd just be very strange. Let's pretend like this is the World Series and you have to pick one for the rest of these questions. What are you picking? I'm going to go Braves. Who is the best player to ever play for the Braves? Hank Aaron, man. Hank Aaron. What's the greatest moment for the Atlanta Braves? Uh, the playoff run last year. I mean, I don't know much about Braves history since I'm new, but game six, NLCS, digging deep here, and uh, down a couple or up a couple runs, bases get like loaded or two on, about to tie it. This guy, a reliever that wasn't even very good all season, comes in and just blows past the Dodgers three in a row strikes it out the place went berserk and at that moment you knew like this team was magic what's the biggest disappointment freddie freeman going to la what's your favorite thing about through a stadium just uh how fan forward it is uh you know on paper it's not the oldest it doesn't have some of the wacky stuff wrigley or fenway or some of the new mo modern parks have but uh they just they have an organ player that plays for every player that walks up to bat and he'll play um music based on their name or he'll taunt them like bryce harper was coming up that the other night he's playing like the darth vader imperial march uh, or if a guy misses a catch 
he jumped and misses a catch. He'll play jump for him like the next time he comes up to bat. It's just it's just great like game within the game that like you could go there enjoy the game, but then half the fun is also going. Wait, why is he playing that song? Oh, his name's this. It rhymes with the guy who wrote the song. It makes for this whole other game going on. If you could add one player to the team to make the team better, who would you add? Freddie Freeman at first base. Have you seen his Dodger numbers? He's batting like 380 this year. It's insane. All right, what what row is this? What row are we in? Uh, six. Six. All right. Well, time to do the awkward shuffle. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. yes. Insert more. Don't get too jealous of my pizza. I, this this guy was just looking at. Me. I thought he was going to snag a bite of it as I walked past. Yeah. So what do you consider your home amusement park? Six Flags over Georgia these days. What What is the best ride at Six Flags over Georgia? Goliath, by far. What is the most underrated ride there? Is Monsters Mansion underrated these days? Or I feel like that's become kind of mainstream, right? I feel like it's mainstream now, but I mean. Uh, well, then I'll say the train. The train's actually pretty good. What's the most overrated ride there? Oh, easy. Mind bender. Come on. Like Schwarzkopf is... It's not that great of a ride. It doesn't do much. Uh, what does their next addition need to be at the park? They need like the big coaster. You know, I'm sick of seeing Magic Mountain over Texas and uh, Fiesta Texas getting these big cool rides. Um, it needs to be like uh, either the Power Splash from over Texas, just built within a year, not four, or uh, a dive coaster. Like I'm not a big dive coaster guy, but they need like a big ride like that. What would you want it to be? Anything to replace the shoot the shoots that's been sitting vacant for like. 10 years now i think the most creative thing would be like maybe like a max force that started launching over there and then like launched all around that carousel hill uh could be pretty sweet like some custom ride that you know kind of does does the launch down there where the shoots and shoots is but then shoots you towards the like up towards superman the dark ride and then just goes crazy around that that big hill uh what is the best tip to ride every coaster at six flags over georgia in one day I think get there early. They, uh, I don't know if they still do, but for the longest time, I think earlier this year, they're still doing it. They open the park early. Uh, usually they'll open at least like uh, the Scorcher or Cyclone uh, like 15, 20 minutes before the posted opening time. So not that many people are there and you can knock those things out real fast. And then go to Daredevil Todd because that thing gets stupid long lines. Rope drop that thing. Where should you eat at Six Flags Over Georgia? All right, if you went to the park without riding a single roller coaster, what would you be doing? I'd probably be there for the Holiday in the Park event. That's a, it's a pretty solid event. So uh, I think it, I went there last year and didn't ride anything, but just walked around, saw the Christmas lights, saw some shows. Pretty good time. Stepping up to the plate, number 28, Matt Olson. Olson. Oh, this guy's he's been doing no good lately, hasn't he? No, no. He, he needs something here. You know, you got to get out of the funk. You can't just... It's like oh for a 500 right now. Oh, whoa! whoa. Look at that! This oh is it! God. This is it! This is it! Wow! That stay fair! Stay fair! Complete dong shot. How far did that go? Uh, 569 feet. Nice. That's a really long shot. <laughs> Especially down the line. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It you almost went foul. Now that we've got this high of uh, massive dong shots. What's your favorite roller coaster? I, I answer it two ways. The best coaster I've ever been on is Steel Vengeance. My favorite roller coaster is Millennium Force. There's a difference. Think about it. What is your favorite drink at a theme park? The Grand Marnay slushy at Epcot in the France Pavilion. Adult Slurpee all the way. It's so good. What's your favorite theme park food? Elephant ears. I'm not talking 
fake elephant ear funnel cakes, people say there's the same kind of things. No, talking to elephant ears that like are too big that they can't even fit on the plate, like back area of Cedar Point covered in cinnamon sugar, hot, nothing better. What's your favorite dark ride? There's a lot of good ones out there. It's easy to say go with like Spider-Man or Transformers or one of the Harry Potter ones. Um, that might have to be my answer because I can't think of anything else, but um, I like some of like the old school stuff, like uh, the wacky, like um, what's that guy's name who designs all the little pretzel dark rides? Bill Tracy? Yes, yes. I don't know if you designed it, but I really like the thing at uh, Conneaut Lake or Camden Park, like the fake roller coaster that RCDB lets you count because it goes down. Uh, that, that's pretty wild. Where the, they don't have brakes. There's just a guy st- like holding out his hands like, that has to be some serious work and comp issues there. Like, how many times do they hit to break their hands or break their back? What are three bucket list coasters of yours? Okay, T-Express. Uh, not only does that look like a badass ride uh, over there in Korea, but the, with the way El Toro's falling apart, like, who knows how many more years that has left in it. Second one's a really wacky one. I don't ever remember the name of it, but the uh, Virginia Wheel somewhere in England, uh, that looks so awesome. Like... I, I know people are like, you could ride any Intim in the world. I want to ride that. Like, if you tell me, hey, you want to go ride whatever, it w- my third one would have been the ultimate. Uh, because growing up as a kid, the ultimate was always in the Guinness Book of World Records. So it's like that was one coaster I knew about. Since that's no more, I'm going to go Terran. Haven't been on Terran. All right, what are three bucket list parks that you haven't been to? Uh, Efteling, uh, probably top of the list. Uh, after Efteling, uh, Probably something like uh, Gronaloon that looks so wacky up in Sweden. Uh, and then the third one, I'm just going to say China. Like, pick w- one of those crazy parks with the the dueling wood coasters with the high five element or some of the crazy intimate stuff. I can't remember what parks those are at or they're all at one park, but I'm just going to say China. What do you look for in a roller coaster? Uh, I mean, I could describe Millennium Force for you. Uh, <laughs> But I would, but now I'm going to get hate because I'm going to be like, well, I like airtime. And everyone's like, but Millennium Force doesn't have airtime. Millennium Forceless. It has airtime. It has airtime. Um, I think uh, it has to have airtime. It doesn't have to be like crazy amount of airtime. I know you and I have talked about is Steel Vengeance too crazy at points. Um, I, so I like a lot of airtime. Don't I like, I think the big thing that makes a, a good, a, a great to excellent coaster is good restraints. Like some of the RMCs those restraints are just painful um so i look for like comfortable ride good airtime and i like just when it's uh good visuals i think that's where like vengeance beats out uh iron quasi even though iron quasi might be a little bit better ride experience because iron quasi is next to a parking lot in the middle of flat florida the other ones you know you can see Canada. Uh, if you could be in any park in the world right now where would it be well i'd say take me to uh, fantasia land right now i need to get some credits there and I mean, that's just a great park. Plus, in Germany, there'd be good beer, good pretzels. When did you start listening to quarterly calls for all the parks? You know, I think it started with uh, annual reports, really. I remember, like, in the 90s, I like, my family had stock in Disney. So we'd get the Disney annual shareholder report at the end of the year. And this was before the Internet. And that's how you found out or you saw concept art. I remember that's where I found out about Tokyo Disney Seas and saw, like, the concept art for it because um, they would have a whole park and resort section on there. So I think as I, as things grew, you know, over time, I started to go, okay, I want to work in theme parks. I want to become like the big boss one day. I should listen to what the big boss has to say. 
Plus, they probably speak about park stuff, like what they're adding. And they do a lot. So uh, I think it was probably like high school, college, when I was, when I was adamant that I'm like, okay, I want to be CEO of Six Flags one day. I should know what the CEO of Six Flags actually does and say, oh, you know, Braves are up by five right now. I, I think we should uh, go grab some food. We're in Atlanta, man. It's the house time. Ooh, Costa yeah. Waffle, Waffle house, Dan. Let's go. Yeah, let's destroy some hash browns. Let's, let's start a fight. Let's do this. Yeah. All right, I hear you're a music guy. What kind of music do you listen to? I listen to uh, pretty much everything. Um, and, you know, one day, one minute it'll be John Mayer. Next minute it'll be, you know, Linkin Park. Uh, there's really not a genre of music that I, I don't like. I've My wife's a country uh, music person, so I've kind of grown to even like country music. So uh, there's nothing off limits really for me. You play any instruments? Yeah, man. I, I, you can see in the background here, guitars. I, I, I play guitar. Uh, uh, love playing guitar. Spent a lot of my time figuring out how to get, try to get good at guitar. Um, play piano as well. Always wanted to be a drummer, but having a drum set in the house is not something that is easily convincing of, uh, uh, of, of a wife. So. What's your uh, favorite song to play? Right now, I'm seeing Elton John this week, so I've been trying to learn some Elton John on the old piano. Tiny Dancers is a jam to play. Uh, on guitar, ooh, uh, I like ro- rocking out to uh, some like Guns N' Roses, like Welcome to the Jungle. Like after a long day at work, you crank some Guns N' Roses and you just start jamming along. It's a good day. It's a good day. Who is an underrated musician? Uh, I, I think I'm going to answer in a weird way here because I think for guitar players, he's not underrated, but I think for most other people, they don't understand how good he is. It would be John Mayer. I think so many people know, guitarists know that he's like one of the best out there. But outside of guitarists, I think a lot of people think of him as just the Your Body's a Wonderland pop song guy from like the early 2000s and doesn't realize like this guy now plays with like the Grateful Dead and he's, you know, really, really, really good at guitar. All right, who is an overrated musician? Uh, Led Zeppelin. I don't like Led Zeppelin. What is the best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, uh, I saw the Killers the other night. That was really good. Like that was really, really good. Um, besides that, uh, as I see in Springsteen in Jersey, like it got delayed like three, four hours for because of rain. So the show started at eleven o'clock at night and went to like two thirty in the morning, and. When it crossed over midnight, that was actually his birthday. So they stopped the show at midnight and the crowd sang happy birthday to him. It was awesome. <laughs> they, you know you're a badass in New Jersey when they announce before the concert starts. So like, we know this concert's not going to get over until after the, the trains are supposed to run. We have spoken to New York Transit and they will keep the subways open an extra few hours. It's like, holy shit, this guy's got pull. <laughs> like, wow. That's amazing. What is a bucket list concert of yours? Uh, I've, I've seen most people I want to see, I think. So for me, it'd be more about like cool places to see a concert. I want to see like concert at like Red Rocks. It would be really cool. Really don't care who it is. Just want to go to Red Rocks or uh, Royal Albert Hall in London. It's like this old, old timey like music venue that I would love to see a show at. What is your go-to karaoke song? So uh, I believe Josh uh, teed up this question and Rightfully so. Uh, I've never sang it yet. Him and I have been trying to find a place to sing this for like the last like five, ten years. We want to do It's Five O'Clock Somewhere by uh, Mr. Jimmy Buffett and Alan Jackson. And basically, you know how halfway through the song, uh, Alan Jackson goes, 
what would Jimmy Buffett do? And then Jimmy Buffett walks out and, oh, you should ask, Alan. We want to do this. We have this whole bit rehearsed in our heads. We've been rehearsing this for like 10 years now where I forget who's who. I don't think we ever figured out who, who's Alan, who's Jimmy. I think I'm Alan. But then like, I would be like, what would Josh do? And then all of a sudden Josh struts out, like gets out of the crowd and like walks up on stage and takes them like, finishes the song. And then at the end of the song, there's all these like really like corny banter about, Hey, Alan, I think I saw your boat at Margaritaville. Yeah, Jimmy, I pulled my boat there yesterday. Keep it between the buoys. And, like, we just want to, like, riff on that for, like, the last two minutes of the song. What <laughs> I haven't done related would be Margaritaville. And so in concert, Jimmy Buffett adds a third verse to Margaritaville. It's, like, this thing he just does in concert. And my friend Josh will, um, when it gets to the instrumental bridge, he'll sing the third verse. And like he did that rising star and the band thought he was freestyling, but like, he knows it like, but it's like such good lyrics. And like the, the background singers in the band like lost their shit. They're like, holy crap. He's making this up as he goes. Like, this is good stuff. <laughs> Sounds like the best possible karaoke partner you could have. There you go. Yeah. Well, we're here at the waffle house stand. Of course it, there's a waffle house in Atlanta. Man, I love this. this. Is, this is what makes Atlanta great, man. It is. There's just so many options, you know? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm not super hungry, but what am I, how am I going to go to Waffle House and not get the hash browns? You have to. You have to. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you going to, I think it's I'm going for us. Smothered and, uh, smothered and top chili and onions. I mean, it, it's, they, there's a reason they say Waffle House is ghostly food because it's going to come back and haunt you, but at least you'll enjoy it when you're eating it. I respect that. I'm going to go uh, topped and covered, a little chili cheese, tot action. Oh. And yeah, that's not going to sit well at all. But no, you know, but we're going back to our seats and we're sitting for the next hour and a half of this game. Maybe we'll go to extra innings. Who knows? All right. Looks like we have some questions from the internet here. Oh, um, uh. let's see. So, what would you like to see done with Top Thrill Dragster? Keep it kind of the way it is. Fix the launch, fix the reliability. I thought it was a fun ride. Like, I see all these people that want to turn it into some like crazy long, whatever. I'd rather have Cedar Point fixed up the director and build a different coaster, like build like a, another intimate or something. What is your favorite cruise video on the YouTube channel? Oh, uh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I just, the, my favorite is the style of when legend uh, you can tell, you can guess what scenes he had a, a lot of drinks in. And then like, sometimes he edits it where he gets progressively worse uh, with the beverages and sometimes it goes from like a lot of beverage to no beverage to a lot of beverage to no beverage and you're like oh this is a roller coaster of beverage emotions here <laughs> fantastic uh what is your go-to restaurant in atlanta right now uh i i have to admit i have not explored town as much as i should have so if people have recommendations please hit me up i moved here during covid so like the first year and a half you know we really kept to like our neighborhood area uh, go-to restaurant though, probably right here. I live up in the Marietta area. Um, not a restaurant per se, but a cocktail bar, the third door. It's like this, you know, a lot of times you go cocktail bars and they're really dark and like speakeasy. This is like a converted gas station, real chill vibes. Uh, they got a really good bourbon selection. So that's where I go a lot. What will Kings Island build in the old vortex lot? I think the first thing will come will be monster trucks. Uh, and then after that, I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I think eventually they'll have to build a coaster and that makes a, a good spot for it. But I could also see them going like 
Uh, a coaster is easier to run all the way back in the woods. You know, I could see a flat ride that takes up a lot of space going there. I, you, you don't, you don't have water there, but I could see them doing what they're doing with the boardwalk at Cedar point and like copying that, you know, they already have a little mini boardwalk at knots and that's not on the water. I could see them doing a little like fake boardwalk at Kings Island. All right. Guardians of the galaxy or daddy pig, which one has the best theming? Daddy pig. Hell yeah. It was the cost of debt. When you look at the cost per theming ratio, I mean, daddy pig probably cost a, a three quarters of a million dollars and guardians was probably like 2 billion. And you got a pig in the front seat. That's awesome. I know. I love pork. It's your favorite taco. A nice brisket taco, a little cilantro onion on top. Mm. Classic. What ride or roller coaster has truly terrified you? Uh, I mean, top little dragster, not just because I might get a piece hitting me in the head, but uh, I mean, that launch is just ballistic, right? Like that is just absolutely bonkers. That'd be the bummer is, they turn it into an LSM launch and it doesn't have that like kick because that was that's pretty crazy. Other answer would be a great inverted boomerang. Uh, I hate those things. So it's, when I was getting the credit this summer in Spain, I was like, why am I doing this? I was questioning everything about this stupid hobby of like, why am I trying to get this point? Like this ride's horrible. I hate this vertical drop thing on it. So that's probably the other answer. What's your favorite thing about Lost Island? Ah, just getting to hang out with you there. You know, hey. you and the whole crew, man. Uh, it was a party. The dark ride was awesome. Like, legit awesome. I, I saw someone commenting the other day. I don't know how it made the list of Golden Ticket Awards. I was like, well, because you clearly haven't wrote it because it's pretty damn good. What is the best reality television show of all time? Ooh. Well, I've been getting into Amazing Race a lot, watching a lot of the back episodes. Love to travel, so that. But the real answer is The Mole from like back in the early 2000s. You remember that? You ever watched that? I, I remember the show happening. I don't, I don't remember watching it as a kid, but. I think it's back on like, you know, it's one on one of the streaming platforms and essentially it's like amazing race, but meets survivor and someone gets eliminated each time, but there's someone trying to sabotage. Hard to kind of explain, but it's really good. What is your favorite meat to cook? I'm not brave enough to cook brisket. Brisket's too damn expensive. So I have not, I don't, I don't have enough confidence in my smoking skills yet to cook brisket. So right now I've been perfecting uh, my pork and I think I got pulled pork down really, really well. Plus pork's like, you can buy like pork for like $15 versus brisket for like 50. So there's a few times I screwed up the pork. So I, I needed that cheap, <laughs> needed it to be cheap. What's your favorite international park? Uh, Europa. I think it's probably not even close. What are your top three theme park podcasts, not including in the loop? I feel like I have to say the Coaster 101 podcast. No, I do like that one because they go after, they lot. it's a very interview based and you know a lot of other podcasts aren't necessarily, I mean, I'm guilty party of one here, but there's so many theme park podcasts that just talk about the news the same way everyone else does. And like I said, guilty party of one here. I love doing it, so I'm not going to stop doing it that way, but I respect the people that have the time and energy to go out and schedule guests. Uh, so shout out to Coaster 101. Uh, I love what you you guys are doing. I love the I love all your like you, you're like a podcast uh, social empire with your TikToks and your coffee with Coaster Bro. You got like all these like programs. You got like full programming lineup. Uh, shout out to Attraction Pros podcast. That's that's great stuff too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't listen to as much theme park podcasts as I, I used to. Been really getting into like baseball podcasts, but yeah, there's some shout outs. Hopefully, their compliments were caught. Oh, the hash browns are here. All right, we need to eat our chili topped, chunked, smothered. 
yeah hash browns. i mean this is really good but I don't know how you're supposed to eat this at a ball game here. I hope like no one hits a home run. I have to stand up because this chili's going all over the people in front of me. Mix this with a couple IPAs and it's game mm-hmm. over. Yeah, Terrapin IPAs all the way. I hear you've written a book. What's it called? Oh, that is that is correct. Uh, three of them, three editions. Uh, Experience the viewpoint, the ultimate guidebook to the point. I believe is the official name. How old were you when you wrote the first one? First one was eighth grade so i was 12 i think i know that's I know. awesome it's it's, it, it's funny thinking back yeah the first one was 12 second one was i think 14 and then i wrote one one i was in like sophomore year of college so like 19 so what is the what was the inspiration behind the book i uh, i think i touched on it maybe a little bit earlier like um back in the day like i had a cedar point fan site and nowadays, like kind of how everyone has like a YouTube page, there's like 500 YouTube pages for theme parks. Every, there was like a million fan sites out there. Cedar Point alone probably had like six or seven fan sites. And uh, I was just trying to find a way to make mine different. I remember I, I always loved reading like the Birnbaum guidebooks for Disney. Uh, and then like, that was always so great. Like, oh, we're going to Disney World. Let's go get the latest guidebook. Um, so it's like, okay, what can I do different than these other Cedar Point websites? I'll make a book about it. And it was mainly just looking for an excuse to make my website different than the other ones. What was the hardest part about writing your book? Uh, I'm not like a great with grammar or great with spelling. So uh, glad I had uh, parents that could help me there and uh, friends and whatnot. Um, but it's just kind of like, organizing it it was always easy to update but like sitting down and figuring out okay how am i going to break this book out like is it by midways is it by rides is it by different categories and stuff like that was probably it's like they say like it's true the hardest thing is just like getting the first few words down nice did did you flex on chicks as a kid and like tell them that you were a published author i mean it certainly uh certainly helped as a kid i mean uh more so not when you're in college, but more so when you're like in middle school, like when the first one, you know, came out and I, it, it made like front page news of the Detroit free press major newspaper on like a Sunday. So like I rolled back into school the next day. I was like, everyone's like, oh, I saw you in the paper. Like I was so like that, like when you were in like eighth, eighth grade or the second time was like 10th or 11th grade, like that was, you're like, I was like, hot shit. Like I felt like a celebrity those couple of days. Like even like teachers were like, I read, saw you in the newspaper. Uh, but like when you're in college or like later on in life, like if it was like a book about like, you know, thermal energy science or something that might've been cool. But like, you can't lead with like, when you're like going on dates and like your twenties, I'm like, Hey, I wrote a book. Cause the next question immediately is, Oh, about what? About a, a theme, a theme park. One, one theme one theme park one theme oh disney because <laughs> we're in orlando oh disney no no oh universal nope nope try again one a thousand miles north of here oh i don't know cedar point what the disney world of the great lakes <laughs> <laughs> would you ever write another book from scratch again uh i would i like i actually like doing it um there's times where I, i've I have a book like halfway written from back when I was born in college about like the theme park industry and kind of wanted to write one nowadays, like you can find so much online, but like, I wanted to write one that was basically like, if you and I came into the hobby, you know, 
and wanted to immediately learn like, okay, who's the player? Six Flags, Hershian, Cedar Point or Cedar Fair. And basically, you know, all that you know, different ride manufacturers and kind of like the backstory on like the industry, the business side. Um, I just don't have time to finish it. I don't even know if there's a market for it anymore, but I kind of wrote it also as, as I was going through college studying theme park management, I'm like, this essentially could be like theme park management 101 textbook. Could have been a millionaire. Could have been. Uh, if you could write another book, what, what would you write it about? No, I, I think I would love to do amusement park uh, stuff. Um, I think uh, really digging into um, like lost ride concepts. Like this would be if I had a lot of time and a lot more connections than I do. But if you think about every roller coaster that's built, you know, four or five companies submit proposals for them. So it's like how many ride designs are sitting in the office, you know, filing cabinets at GCI or, you know, or the old CCI offices or B&M. And I would love to just, you know, talk to some of those folks that, you know, were on that, like get the bat, like the stories of like the rise that never happened. I mean, we're talking so niche here that like, I'd spend like hours and upon hours writing this and like 20 people would probably buy the book. But I think like, that's the story I just want to hear of like all these cool stuff or would love to uh, do like get more history on the, on like six flags and like the parks, how the parks were back in like the sixties and seventies when like six flags had like jungle cruise style rides and stuff. Like, I want to know more about that. That's pretty cool. Like, I don't need another history book on Disney. Tell me another, tell me about the history of like six flags. Luna. Luna. What's up, man? How's you enjoying the game? Haven't seen you since the start of the game. Luna loves baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, you, we got an after party. You want to hop in my Escalade? Hell yeah. I, I know Atlanta only starts after the ninth inning. All right. I can't believe we're in the backseat of Ludacris's Escalade. What is your favorite thing about the coaster community? I mean, as simple as it sounds, is that it just exists. I mean, I know that's very simple, but growing up, uh, I was, I still remember how excited I was. Like, all right, I like Cedar Point. I like Kings Island. I'm starting to find out about these other parks. And this was, you know, late nineties internet's just starting off. I'm like, holy crap. There's people on the internet talking about this. I'm not the only one. There's people I can talk to about this. So I like the fact that, you know, there's actually a hobby around. What wears you out about the community? Uh, the events, man, like, like coasters, people are always like, why don't you go to coaster stock? Why don't you go to coaster mania? Coaster stocks, two fucking days of 6am to 2am or something like that. Two days, I can't do 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. at one park. I can't do, you know, half of that at one park in a day. Coaster Mania is maybe the 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. day. Like, I'm just exhausted thinking about that. Like, can we can we get to events that are drink beer from 6 to 7, ride a coaster from uh, 7 to 8, and go have wings outside the park from 8 to 9? My kind of event. All right, if you could make one change about the coaster community, what would it be? Oh, I think, uh, I think it would be get out of your own way sometime and let the let the let the thing become more mainstream uh shout out to cedar point i know we i know i'm a cedar point fanboy so everyone's rolling their eyes when i'm saying this but i love what they did with coaster mania recently where they're like you don't need to join some coaster club to come to the coaster event you like coasters come to this event um you know and they've been doing a, you know a lot more stuff like that and i think you know i i, I used to be part of coaster clubs i used to be I'm leadership at coaster club. So I'm not bad mouthing him completely, but I don't think you're needed. Like, uh, in a, a lot of ways, like, um, you know, if you're a new fan for the hobby and you like coasters, you should be able to go to coaster stock. You should, you don't have to 
you know, go to this, sign up for this club. So I think I'd like to see more parks do what Cedar Point has with just keeping it wide open, saying the only requisite prerequisite is you like coasters. What is something that's overhyped and what's something that's underrated in the community? Uh, overhyped would be ERT, I think. Uh, like nowadays, I'd rather just get a fast lane and ride rides when I want to ride versus again, waiting till like 1 a.m. till the park clears out to go on ERT. I get it. It's fun when there's a lot of people there, uh, but I think that's overhyped. And then underhyped, go and say it, going back to Millennium Force. Like, I know it's fun to hate on it, but like the ride's damn good, people. Like, come on, it's really good. It's really good. It's 300 feet tall. There's not that many coasters that tall. It goes stupid fast. It's on the water. Come on, show some respect. Just like it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's someone in the community that deserves a shout out? Uh, I keep, I keep, uh, I, I think two people, and I, I've already kind of mentioned this about the podcast. Going to kiss your ass and say you. Uh, I love what you're doing with TikTok, man. Like, I'm not, I don't get the TikTok thing but like it's so hilarious like your videos are so hilarious um and it's like what i what i love about it too is there's so many people that do the same kind of park videos there's the same kind of podcast or the same kind of instagram content and you're like yeah fuck that i'm doing something completely on my own like i'm going crazy with this and it's awesome it's awesome so i love that um and uh also again a shout out to uh Brought him up a few times. Uh, Josh at uh, the Attraction Pros, him and Matt do a great job. If, um, and I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of podcasts again out there about just talking about nerds being nerds. But uh, these are two guys that self-proclaimed nerds, but uh, but also have worked for like a billion theme park companies and uh, have a lot of great experience. But they're still nerds at heart. You know, Matt goes on a big road trip every year with his uh, friends and documents out how to learn leadership styles from visiting parks all right what's a cause that's close to your heart uh i think going back to you uh just like growing your career in theme parks um i still i think the industry has come a long way with helping people that want to work in theme parks um i think back when you and i were like first coming out of like high school trying to like it was like pfft, work at the theme park for 60 years and then you might be considered for management like we don't care if you have a master's degree I think that's changed a little bit, but I still don't think it's all the way there. Um, so I think uh, uh, helping people out, helping navigate those, you know, I, I get people reaching out every now and then about in high school or college about how do you get a job in the industry and stuff. And I love talking to them. I love kind of sharing, you know, my journey of, I'm not in the industry anymore, but I think I, I learned a lot of things when I was in there. I learned a lot of things from the outside looking in that uh, I love to help people kind of navigate that. What's an activity you wish you were talented enough to do? I was talking about this the other day with someone uh, because uh, I was planning a trip and it would be snowboarding. Uh, <laughs> and not only does it look awesome, but and more so it's a conduit to being able to go on a snowboarding ski trip. Like like being snowboard, like, yeah, it would be cool to be good at snowboarding, but really the purpose of being good at snowboarding so you can get invited to the ski trips where you're with a bunch of buddies in the lodge on the side of the mountain, you know, drinking bourbon as the sun goes down. I mean. Do people, it's like people who golf, are they really golfers or they just want to get away for four hours and like smoke cigars and drink beer? What is a guilty pleasure of yours? It would be Taco Bell. Like I, I love Taco Bell. It's, it's good. I'll admit it's not the best, but I do very much enjoy it. And it's cheap and I love how you can scale it up. You're really hungry, get 10 tacos. It'll cost you four bucks. You're in between meals and you're just looking for a snack, one taco. You know, you don't have to do like a whole combo, one taco. I, scalability at Taco Bell. 
Luda, all right, we're, we're where we need to be, boys. Go ahead and get out. Hide what? Some sort of I, I told, mansion. I told, I told the Inuit guys, I'll get them the video today. I've been at Gosh. the ball game. Like, dude, we're at, Rick, we're at Rick Ross's house. Oh. I can't film a video of this. This won't pay for the website. Oh, so hot in Costa, bro. Shit, what are we going to tell Rick Ross? Yo, man, you know that, that, that theme park down the road there? Oh, yeah. Has, Again, Area Force One. Mm. Yeah, it hasn't opened yet. They, they, they're not even done building it. Oh. Hey, Rick Ross, you know oh. about Fun Spot, right? It's right down the road. Oh, yeah, I got a season pass down there. Oh, yeah? You've you been to the Florida ones? Yeah. You know, I, I'm being in Miami, boys. We go up to uh, that Kiss Me one all the time. We ride that big old uh, sky coaster. It gets me about halfway up, but it, it's still pretty tall. I know you're used to getting higher than that. So, mm. uh, you want to come with us? I, I, I know this is going to sound really weird. I know you're a big time producer, a big time, you know, performer. I perform on YouTube behind the camera with my camera to film for roller coaster nerds. You want to come be in my video? Hell yeah. Luda, you want to come too? Luda. I guess we'll hop in Rick Ross's Escalade now. And, uh, Escalade to Escalade. Escalade to Escalade. Somehow it's even bigger than Ludacris. Somehow I didn't know they made it this big. <laughs> All right, I got three more questions for you, Hyde, before we go film your YouTube video. Uh, and for these three questions, you're dead. Oh, Luckily, you are going to heaven. Good. You bring three things with you. So um, you can take a flat ride, a dark ride, and a coaster. So what are you uh, going to take? Flat ride, scream and swing. I love those things. Uh, like the bigger ones, uh, like a uh, Cedar Point, Skyhawk, great. Dark ride would probably be. I'm, I know I said like I like the old wacky stuff. I I think for for this you gotta go big. You gotta go like all in. I, I'm taking Spider Man with me. That that's just a badass. Plus like there's a lot of like videos I could watch. Like think about if you had that with you and you could project like up on one of those screens. Like that'd be pretty awesome. And then uh, coaster. Keep going back to it. You know what I'm going to say? Millennium Force is coming with me. Have to. Exactly. Uh, Coaster Boys won't miss it too much. So, uh, no, no. <laughs> they, won't even, they won't even notice it's gone. They're too busy <laughs> looking at what they might do to top little dragster. Oh, my God. We're here at Fun Spot. Rick Ross, they are testing Airy Force One for us. I didn't even know it was done. No, I didn't either. This is, this is shocking. All right. So, Ludacris is here. Rick Ross is here. They're going to let us ride, dude. No way. It's huge. It's huge. huge. We, we got to ride it. Uh, who you ride? You're going to ride with Ludacris or are you going to ride with uh, Rick Ross? Uh, uh, Rick Ross. I'm going with Rick Ross. Oh, come on with me. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's get in. Let's, let's ride the Airy Force One. Oh, shit. Rick Ross is too big. Oh. Well, you're riding by yourself, Hyde, and uh, I've got Ludacris here. This will make a great on-ride photo. What pose are we making? I guess we'll do the, the ludicrous like uh, the forearm thing. Of course, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Show off your ice. Ready for dispatch. Safe, clean, fun. <laughs> 